This pizza is based off a uh, pizza place in what's called Mystic Connecticut. And it's a pizza place called A Slice of Heaven. Now, Julia Roberts stars in this particular film called Mystic Pizza. It's like pizza in Mystic Connecticut. That's what this film is based on. And we're going to take it minute by minute to figure out why we're talking about pizza in Mystic Connecticut. Would you like to talk about, speaking of famous Robinsons, Oh yeah. Would you like to talk about Nick Robinson a little bit? <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess we could do that. Nick Robinson, this in 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 the news, <laughs> our news segment. Um, Nick Robinson of Polygon apparently uh, just got accused of doing a whole bunch of sexual harassment, mm-hmm. and it seems like he's on his way out. Yeah, I, I would you say he might be coming back to Polygon later in the future? No, this is like a oh no 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 he's he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Well, he sexually say. harassed his way out of a career, it seems like. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I was just telling somebody, even before I heard that, that, like, Car Boys was probably my favorite thing on the internet to come out this year, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Nick Robinson was the second half of that. Yeah. And they were still doing that Touch the Skyrim. Uh-huh. A lot of great YouTube content. So, yeah, Touch the Skyrim is done. Cool Games Inc. is done. Unless, uh... Griffin McElroy does it without him with somebody else. I don't think I think he was too much like the the lead on that one. Yeah. And then what else is in the news? Uh, Anna Ferris and uh, Chris Pratt just split up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This is a very couple. timely podcast. We're love gonna have is, to love is dead. We're gonna have to release this tomorrow for any of this to be like <laughs> still relevant. <laughs> yeah, so that's why we don't usually do a news segment. Yeah, it's true. You kind of can't be uh, be too current, but uh, what else happened today? Uh, Darren Dalton died today. Oh yeah, you guys heard about that, 3D, right? 3D Darren Dalton dead. Darren Dalton dead. R.I.P. Dutch. So did yeah, a, another well-known baseball player. Who's that? I don't know. Not well known enough. For <laughs> Not me. well known enough, I guess. Not as well known as Darren Dalton. Now, you were kind of a fan of Darren Dalton's, though. You read his book, I understand? Yeah, yeah. Well, I always knew who Darren Dalton was because... Um, Famous Phillies guy. Yeah, he was like a, he was a pitcher for the Phillies and... Catcher. Was he a catcher? He was a catcher for the Phillies in, like, the mid-90s. You know, my sister really liked Darren Dalton. She had, like, a crush on him. Oh, yeah, so, I saw like, that she put up a picture uh, of uh, Perloff and the cardboard cutout of him. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah, there were all these, like, uh, Darren Dalton, like, signed pictures, like, around my house. Because mm. my sister collected a bunch of signed pictures, or, like, got pictures signed of Darren Dalton by Darren Dalton. And he lived, uh, sort of near me. I lived in Middletown. He lived in Heilbronn, which is, like, a community inside of Middletown, I think. It was just, you know, mm. a big, uh, rich people's community. Yeah. So, one time, me and my dad were driving through Heil- or Heilbronn. And uh, we saw Darren Dalton having, like, a catch with his son or something. Oh, wow. So my dad, like, stopped the truck, and we just, like, sat there and watched Darren Dalton having a catch with his son. <laughs> <laughs> which was your own father-son bonding. Yeah, which was our own father-son bonding. Which was, uh, like, enjoying tangentially this other yeah, yeah. father-son bonding. It's like, come here, son, I'm going to take you to watch another dad. Did he put his a, arm around you? Have a catch with his son. 
in like a creepy. Was like, he like a? Now that's a good dad. <laughs> in like a creepy celebrity stalker, the sort of way. Were you were you positioned so that you wouldn't be noticed? I I forget. I just I just remember watching this with my dad. I was like, cool, cool dad. I love watching uh, other 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 dads have fun with their children. Uh, you know, and not in a celebrity stalkery kind of way. So his book was real crazy, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So Darren Dalton wrote a book, and like, well, it had to be. It, it was after uh, 2001, at least, because he talks a lot about September 11th mm-hmm. in his book. Mm-hmm. So Darren Dalton wrote a book called "If They Only Knew," and it was all about his uh, his experiences uh, having like a like a waking up moment. Like he, like his brain woke up, and all of a sudden, like he was, uh, he was the the way he was describing it. It sounded a lot like uh, what happened to Billy Pilgrim in, in Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, yeah, because I was reading Darren Dalton's book, and I was like, this is kind of like Slaughterhouse Five. Like Darren Dalton, at some point, became unstuck in time. Darren Dalton, at some point, read Slaughterhouse Five and then <laughs> forgot about it, and then and then wrote his own version. Yeah, exactly. He kind of did it. It's called If They Only Knew. And he talks about the moment that he did wake up. Not to be confused with China's uh, If They Only Knew, right. The Wrestler. Right. So yeah. Popular title for uh, for celebrity books. <laughs> yeah, If They Only Knew. But yeah, he, he describes the moment that he like that he became woke, so to speak. Uh-huh. Although uh, di- different kind woke. of woke. Yeah, different. Yeah, different kind of woke. Like, universally woke. Yeah, he was like, he was... Uh, it was in the middle of a game in, like, Florida or something. And you can watch uh, the moment that he's talking about. Like, he was out on the field playing baseball with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Suddenly and, like, the acid kicks in. Suddenly the acid kicked in. And he was, like, not, like, he was he, he, he was on the field, but he was also, like, in outer space at the same time. Yeah, like, superimposed over it? Yeah. Like, That'd be cool. Uh, Somebody these, should make that. All these thoughts were, like, uh, you know, flooding through Darren Dalton's mind. And so he wrote about them in this book. And in this book, he just has, like, all these, like, crazy 9-11 theories. Wait, but if he was a catcher, what was he doing out in the field? I don't know. Catching. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The other baseball guy, by the way, was Don Baylor. Don Baylor. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Don Baylor. Two weeks ago. And Dutch Dalton. Yeah. I think baseball people kind of die all the time, though. Because baseball goes back a far away. Yeah, and there's... 30-something teams, and there's 25, 26 guys on each team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's all those uh, all those really fast balls to the head, you know. Oh, sure. Those yeah. things are going like 100 miles an hour. You get clocked with one of those. It yeah, takes, like five or six times a game, you know, you're just years, talking serious brain damage. It takes years off your life. Each ball takes one year off your life. Each ball to the head. Anyway, welcome to Mr. Pizza Minute. I'm David Holford. I'm John Windsor, and our returning guest today is Jeffrey Martin. Hello. Hello, Jeffrey Martin. Welcome back. Thanks for having me back. To minute 36 of the 1988 classic Donald Petrie movie, Mystic Pizza. Um, Holford, do you want to tell us what happens in minute 36? Sure. They're having their discussion. At the uh, the end of the last minute, uh, JoJo suggests that they invite this, uh, what was the name of the guy again? Plachette. Plachette. Hector Plachette, yeah. Hector Plachette. They invite they want he she wants them to invite him to review their restaurant on the television. Yeah, because he's a television restaurant critic. And then uh Leona says, uh, I wouldn't let that moron in through the door. Yeah. Uh, or in the door. Uh, and then Jojo is like, Well, what if we got some like designer pizza? That'd be fun. Yeah, she's like, uh, we could have like dried white wine. 
smoke, smoked, I'll do my best uh, Lily Taylor impression. We could have dried white wine, smoked clams, sun-dried tomatoes. Eww. So Leona gets like really like overly angry at this the idea of bringing this, this moron in through the door to review their pizza because uh, she's like, uh, we have the real thing right here. And then I wrote that Conchata Farrell has the titular line. She goes, we have the mystic pizza. <laughs> and uh, she's like, my grandfather went to Portugal and got these spices from the Algrave. And, the or the, Algarve? Or the Algarve, which is like a river, I guess, in oh. Portugal. Okay. Where you would get, like, you know, rare spices from. Mm-hmm. So Mystic Pizza has this recipe that uh, contains these rare spices from Portugal. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, her grandfather brought them back, and she says that her grandfather taught her father, and her father taught her. So Leona is the owner of Mystic Pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it kind of got me wondering, her whole thing about, like, her grandfather teaching her father, and then her father teaching her, and then she's going to teach one of her employees? Is yeah. she, is, can she not have children? Yeah, maybe she never had children, or she did, and they have no interest in the family company. Or maybe she can't. Maybe she can't have children. That's true. Yeah. But she is keeping it sort of an in-the-family business, because it seems that the three most prominent workers are sisters. Yeah, 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 kind of. Except for JoJo. JoJo's not related to Oh, her. that's right. Well, she might be a sister of somebody. Well, they're all... <laughs> She's you know, somebody's sister. They're all sisters on a mystic level, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, uh... Uh, and uh, Leona is like their mystic mother, you know. She's their she's their pizza mother, mm-hmm. and you know they must obey the pizza mother because one day she says when she retires, um, she might teach one of them like her. Maybe taught her. she's like hanging that over her head, like you better be nice to me. Yeah, <laughs> if like, you're right, real nice right. to me, you'll get to work in this pizza place your entire life. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Yeah, like, wait, and if she gives them the recipe, what good is it if they don't? also get to run the pizzeria. Is she saying that she's going to hand the pizzeria off well, to one of her employees? I think only the owners know the recipe, so she can't tell them the recipe because that would make them the owners if she did. Yeah, I think the implication is that one of them one day will own the pizzeria and then have the recipe. So which one would be likely to own the pizzeria? I'm going to say Daisy because she seems like the one who's going to stay in the town. Yeah, but does she seem like a business like owner type? No, she does not. Yeah, none of them really do. Well, except for Cat, but Cat's like, you know, going to go off to Yale and presumably yeah. not put that Yale degree into like, you know, uh, pizza business running. Yeah, yeah. Well, none of them. I, I don't think any of them really want to stay at Mystic Pizza, but I think all of them are going to end up staying at. And it's certainly not going to be JoJo because she wants designer pizza. She doesn't want the real thing. Yeah. Well, maybe you know, having an idea like that to begin with, like we could have designer pizza. Well, it's like she's interested in pizza. Yeah, she seems like the most interested in what she's doing. Yeah, because when I asked that question, make it more. My answer was JoJo. Like, even though JoJo is a little bit like a. Uh, you know, she's flighty, she's a little flaky. Like, she still seems in the best position to eventually run this place. Yeah. And this may be her redemption for uh, having passed out at her own wedding. Yeah, yeah. She, like, you know, has to start treating things more seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Start committing to things. So, uh, one of the things she says about the designer pizza is she says, uh, designer pizza would just taste like that magazine there. Which, uh, being Cosmopolitan magazine, uh, I wrote down, would taste like ink and perfume perfume samples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, you know, designer pizza, you know, it's just gonna, 
it, it's not uh, it's not in the mystic uh, pizza tradition, mm-hmm. you know. And she uh, really puts her foot down about tradition. It's weird, and because... then they all at the same time go, "Don't monkey with tradition." Oh yeah, yeah, as if like, that's their tradition to say that. Yeah, yeah, that's like a line that she uses, I guess. It's tradition, and you don't don't monkey monkey with tradition. tradition. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen, says Daisy. uh, (laughs) The the, the nun of the group. I wrote that that kind of harkens back to like a a Fiddler on the Roof. uh, Yeah, I was definitely thinking Fiddler on the Roof. That's not the first time that that movie's (laughs) been conjured up in this one. Yeah, this is like... Because uh, Leona was wearing kind of a Fiddler on the Roof kind of outfit earlier on. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of of Fiddler references so far. So here's my question. Do they only have the one pizza? Do they have no toppings on their pizza? I guess the the plain pizza that you get is the you know, mystic pizza. Probably the 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 pizza that you're going to taste those Portugal spices on the best. So is it just Portugal spices? Is there something else secret? Like is she getting like the stuff from the movie The Stuff? I I don't know. I uh, like I was um, I was talking with my uncle the other day because he used to own a restaurant or a pizza place called Giorgio's mm-hmm. and. Uh, if you wanted to buy Giorgio's, you didn't just buy the property or anything. You had to buy the name and the recipe. Mm-hmm. So my uncle was like hinting a little bit. He was like, "If you ever want to buy my pizza place, you should buy that maybe pizza." Maybe I shouldn't place. say this on the show, but if my uncle told me if I ever wanted to buy his pizza place, Giorgio's Pizza, uh, he could, he would give me the recipe. Yeah, how much do you think he's looking for that? Probably uh, uh, a lot more than I'm willing or able right now to spend. Yeah, but if we put put both of our money together. Oh yeah, then we could, you know, totally buy that in like 30 years when you know, we're done paying it off. <laughs> that sweet podcast money comes calling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep, exactly. So yeah, my uncle uh, apparently has this secret recipe that he doesn't let out, but I, as soon as he said that, I just thought in my head like, uh okay, uh dough cheese uh, <laughs> tomato sauce like I wanted to tell him that like is that it is that your secret recipe dough cheese and tomato sauce because that's what it sounds like <laughs> you broke the code that's ragu you've just been like damn it how did you find out <laughs> so I don't know maybe he has maybe my uncle has his own blend of uh, spices that he got from overseas yeah, is there a secret to pizza that you could share with us? Or um, too many crickets, rather? I know that our sauce is like, it's like a sweeter sauce, and it contains Parmesan cheese. Mm-hmm. And that's right in the sauce. all I really know. But I, I, I would say that most It's on of, a need-to-know basis. Most of the secret recipe at any pizza place, I'm willing to bet, is in the sauce. Because so is somebody coming in and making, like, large batches of sauce at your place? Yes. yes. Yeah? Yeah. And then what we, date does that we, happen? We put them into uh, big, like, garbage... Uh, garbage buckets you know oh nice mm. what we yummy mean? what date did they do that oh no i just meant like did they, they come, come every, every monday or whatever yeah well um they would have to because for one thing we go through a lot of it mm-hmm. and uh, another thing i don't think you can let uh like pizza sauce sit around too long you know because if, if you ever opened a like a can of sauce oh yeah it goes bad then, like, real put fast. it back in your fridge it goes bad within like a week yeah there's probably a couple of those like just lingering in my fridge right now just yeah. got little like cultures <laughs> Yeah, little societies. <laughs> so yeah, after uh, after uh, Leona says, "Don't monkey with tradition," or they all say it at the same time, uh, Jojo is like, "Will you please tell us what's in the pizza?" Please, oh, let me do my Lily Taylor. Will you, will you please tell us what's in the pizza? Please, you're and, killing uh, me. What's his name? Plachette is still on the TV talking about goat cheese or something, and she's like, "It ain't goat cheese, I can tell you that." And then she like takes her stuff and storms out. 
Goat cheese would be a pretty good secret ingredient for the pizza. Yeah, yeah. Actually. Goat Just cheese throw a good. little bit of goat cheese in. Our um our one of our monthly specials uh, a couple months ago might have been last month. It had goat cheese on it, like goat and Swiss or something. Okay, so then in in the last ten seconds or so of, of this minute, we we switch over to Tim Travers, who's uh, sitting and doing some architecture while listening to classical music, mm-hmm. and then quick cut to Cat over in another part of the house uh, putting Phoebe to bed, and that's the end of the minute. Yep, we kept laughing at the uh, Tim Travers sitting at the desk listening to classical music. It was just because it was so Tim Traversy. <laughs> yeah, it's it, well the. the the cut of the classical music as it comes in is it's very jaunty like there's like these like clarinets that are mm. they are very happy and then actually as he as he picks up his his plain white coffee mug and sips from it very seriously mm-hmm. like the the music gets a little more serious but you know that immediate cut is is very happy clarinet music yeah so yeah. i was kind of thinking um you know it's like an architect at his desk you know drinking a mug of coffee listening to classical music but for some reason like in my brain i thought about the uh like the beast from Beauty and the Beast, like playing his organ up in his room, <laughs> just like I don't know. It's, uh, I made that connection somehow. Tim Travers is a whole lot like the Beast. Yeah, a little bit. He is—he's the Beast in this relationship. He's like the Beast in glasses. You know, I once played the Beast. Oh yeah, really? I did at a local community theater production of Beauty and the Beast. Oh great. Yeah. Any uh, any fun stories about being the Beast? Uh, well, it had done, been done the previous summer at uh, Upper Darby Summer Stage, and the transformation was done very well. Uh, they had a turntable, and the beast would, you know, fly around on the turntable, and as he reached the back of the stage, he would toss off a piece of his beast armor as he was turning back into the prince. Uh-huh. Uh, I, we did it in a church basement. Uh, and I was on a stage that was maybe like a foot and a half off <laughs> off the ground. Yeah. And my uh, it was sort of like let's put some strobe lights on and uh, I'll stumble around and like sort of lose my gloves as I get to the edge of the stage. <laughs> it was very very poorly executed. I also grew my hair lo- grew my hair long for the role. Mm. Uh, you know, didn't cut my hair for like six months mm-hmm. and then realized that I was wearing a wig for the majority of the show and who cared what I looked like for the 30 <laughs> seconds I was the prince but I put all this work into it I changed my physical appearance it's like the guy in um, the new the newer X-Men films that plays uh, Professor Xavier mm-hmm. he shaved his head for that role before realizing that they didn't want him to have a shaved head for the first movie yeah yeah, he had, like, long hair in that, right? Yeah, well, I assume it was a wig, because, like, he did the opposite of your story. Yeah. Now, so, so you were playing the Beast. Did they have another actor play, uh, what was the the Beast's real name? Like, assume Prince name? Adam. Was there another actor playing Prince Adam? No. Uh, so you played Prince Adam also? Yeah. That's well, good. because he's he's the beast for you know ninety percent of the show, and uh, uh-huh. until literally the last second when when Bell cries over the fact that he's about to die, and that's the true love moment, and he becomes the prince. So it's really just you know, oh, Bell, it's me, you know, right. Bell, look into my eyes. <laughs> I would have been uh, I would have been pretty offended if they got like some other actor to play yeah, prince some other Adam more handsome guy after the tra- after the transition. <laughs> I'd be like, well, what's wrong with yeah, me? You're only, you're only good enough to be the, the giant scary beast. <laughs> We're bringing this <laughs> we're bringing this handsome guy in to be the Prince Adam. Not to say that you're not incredibly handsome, Jeff Barton. But <laughs> I'm not though. But thank you. I'm just saying personally, I would have been slightly offended if that happened to me. Yeah, Maybe it would not. have been a, it would have been a real waste of uh, all the time to not not you know do all those months of rehearsal and be the beast for an entire performance and then 
not to get the smooch bell at the end. Yeah, yeah, they would. It would have been like I'm just picturing how they would have broke that news. They're like, now you're not going to get to be the prince, but like we've got a role for you on their next show of Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real, real plum roll. You only get to be. Um, you only get to be Mr. Hyde. You don't get to be Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> Ooh, that would be awful. Just picturing the staging on that. Ooh. Has anyone seen that uh, Jekyll and Hyde musical? I forget what it was even. It might have just been called Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, bad musical. Really terrible. But I, I saw a production of it at uh, the media theater uh, where the, there was like one song where he's transforming back and forth. And the way they accomplished this was he just had like long bangs and he was just... Flip the bangs out of his face to be, uh, uh-huh. like... To be Jekyll. Yeah, and then flip him down into his face to be Hyde and, like, change his voice. And it was just real fucking silly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, Clark Kent puts on uh, um, glasses, uh, takes off his glasses all of a sudden he's Superman. Yeah. It's like no, no one can quite realize that this extremely small change in appearance makes you a completely different person. Mm. Well, there, therein lies the fun in, you know, playing those roles. You know, you're playing a dual role. I'm sure he was probably, like, doing changes in his, like, body movement and stuff, too, Ooh. but, like, the hair was very distracting from that stuff. Yeah. You know, like, you know that's, that's a lot of the battle if you're going to play Jekyll and Hyde. It's probably, like, a coveted role in those circles. <laughs> do, do we need to play court sonographer again and figure out how we got back to Mr. Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going perfectly. Yeah, we're still, like, on the general topic of, like... Fiction. <laughs> so these uh, these Portuguese spices, I, I did uh, sort of look up what Portuguese spices are from this area, mm-hmm. and I found this whole article about um, how Portugal is responsible for bringing a lot of the uh, Indian spices to uh, modern cuisine mm-hmm. uh, because of like they had like a five hundred year trade agreement, like starting back when Vasco da Gama went over to India mm-hmm. and brought back all these spices. So like any anything that's like curry vindaloo that you eat is because of that agreement, it, it most likely came to you from India through Portugal. And so I'm okay. wondering if, like, there's, like, a little bit of curry in Mystic Pizza. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. So that uh, kind of good. You're, you're not exactly getting Portuguese spices. You're getting, uh, like... Indian spices by way of Portugal. Yeah, so they're, like, uh, they're like a spice trading mm. uh, place, not mm-hmm. so much a spice growing place. Mm. Seems that way. But she does say from the Algarve, which I didn't actually look up, but it sounds like the Algarve is a river. It's a, uh, it's, it's actually a small wharfing community. Oh, like Mystic. Yes, much like Mystic. Oh. Okay. So a connection there, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, Algarve is apparently the same kind of, same kind of place. There's probably, like, this whole movie just happening in Portuguese over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just at the same time. Yeah, we're not eating this. We're eating ours with the spices from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's lobster in our pizza. God can only damn get, it. Can only get this lobster from Mystic, Connecticut. But, um, yeah, I have, yeah, she's keeping their secret recipe from them. So, um... What do you think? Who? Uh, let's get back to this. Who do you think will end up owning the restaurant by the end of Mystic Pizza? Because it's already been brought up that uh, Leona's going to retire. She's the owner, and she wants to give one of them the place. I think it's going to be JoJo, and I think it's going to be a wedding gift. Because she and Bill are going to get married, uh-huh. and they're going to hand the pizzeria off as a wedding gift. Okay. I think that JoJo is probably the most likely person. She seems to uh, be the most interesting piece. She's not the most 
responsibly business minded. That that would probably be Cat, uh, but uh-huh. um, JoJo seems to have uh, the the visionary mind to bring Mystic Pizza forward. Yeah, and Cat's gonna supposedly go off and become like an astronomer one of these days. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, but that's like that's. She, it's not Probably. Her, it was the it's 80s. not her goal. Cat yeah. is the only uh, other of them that actually has a goal mm. like, in her life, so she's going to well, go Daisy sort of does. her goal. Yeah, get laid as much as possible. By rich people, hopefully. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I can't picture Daisy running the place, because is she just going to, like, every summer fall in love with, like, one of the rich tourists? Come yeah. And be like, yeah. oh, I hope he'll take me away from this pizzeria that I own. Well, you, you can know. say Daisy's goal kind of is to get out of Mystic. Yeah. she even says that a couple of times. So her By goal, her any goal means is necessary. to, like, marry and get out of there. You yeah, because yeah. that's, that's what's available to her. That's like what she feels her skill set is, is in marrying rich. Marrying this rich guy and getting the heck out of Mystic. Getting the hell out of Mystic. But uh, do you think that Daisy's going to reach that goal? Mm. Or do you think that Daisy is going to be stuck as a waitress at Mystic Pizza? Well, I, I don't think she's going to fail her goal, per se, but I think her goal might change by the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. She might find something else that she wants. Or she might find out or I don't know, maybe she... she just marries Charlie, because Charlie is clearly supposed to be charming. Mm-hmm. You watched, like, the first 35 minutes of this movie today. Well, one of the things that we kept getting into in watching it one minute at a time versus watching it altogether was Charlie just comes across as like an incredible creep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean well Charlie clearly came into that bar with another woman. Mm-hmm. And immediately yeah, immediately uh, went about making googly eyes at uh, Julie Roberts the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, yeah. Then it kind of just seems like they dropped her like is she going to come back? Yeah, this so what I, I you know what I'm thinking might happen with um, Julia Roberts' character is that Daisy. Uh, what might be wind up happening with Daisy is she winds up sort of dating this this guy, and it does not go well, and that teaches her some sort of a lesson mm. about you know the yeah. the, the in, impermanence of chasing after rich guys. Right, like she, her goal is right now to you know marry rich and get out of Mystic, but the lesson that she's going to learn is that she already has everything that she needs in Mystic. Mm-hmm. And in these girls, and in the pizza place. Her sister, yeah, her mom. Yeah, they're all family. So, like, yeah. you could say that, like, they're all going to end up owning this pizza place. Sure, I don't think that JoJo's going to get handed the keys to the place and be like, you're all fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Oh, let's see. Who do we think won the minute? Who do I think won the minute? Well, I would say that, uh, would Leona have won the minute? Because uh, she put her foot down, got real angry. She kept her secret. Yeah, she kept her secret. Mm. So, yeah, I'd say Leona won the minute because she has the uh, secret recipe that she's still not giving to them. And they're kind of bummed that she's not. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely saying Leona. Leona got to, you know, have the last word, walk out. She got to uh, get all three girls chanting. You don't monkey with tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, she yeah. she established herself as uh, the the head boss in charge. Yeah, she she sternly you know whipped them into shape. Yeah, yeah, you can see and like her managerial all, skills. Even got out. them to all recite in unison like their their slogan basically. Her stupid slogan. Don't monkey with tradition. And, like maybe just don't put the word monkey into your like your you know because you're not going to take that seriously. Yeah, because you just start thinking about monkeys. 
Well, you and know, how funny they are, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Bananas. What, what monkeys do is they they prehensile flip around, tails. They flip around and throw things, mm-hmm. and that's not what she wants in her pizza. Yeah, in her pizza establishment. Yeah, no, no bananas, no sun-dried tomatoes. Don't throw your poop. Yeah. Now, John, would, would a a pizza with dry white wine and smoked clams and sun-dried tomatoes be a good pizza? That actually sounds. Uh, Pretty okay. We have uh, something called a uh, white garlic shrimp pizza, and it sounds a lot like uh, like JoJo's uh, smoked clam and sun dried tomatoes pizza. Like it's cooked with uh, it's di- well, it's a white pizza, so there's no red sauce, and it's actually cooked in white wine. So we use white wine to cook our garlic shrimp pizza. So it's uh, diced tomatoes, uh, diced ham, uh, white wine, garlic, and shrimp. Now, is that a flavorful pizza? Because the, the one thing I found weird about her complaint about saying that that would taste like the magazine uh-huh. is fancy schmancy stuff, which is kind of what they're implying this is, designer pizza, whatever term they, they wind up using. The complaint about it isn't usually that it lacks flavor, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the complaint might be that it's unpleasant flavor, or, you know. Yeah. Yeah, let's make a let's make a great designer pizza. It's gonna taste like cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? But, yeah, I think uh, I, I think uh, JoJo's onto something here. Like that actually does sound like a pretty good pizza. Yeah, uh, like a wine. Well, so she takes over the pizzeria like and then she starts wine with sun dried tomatoes. I, I can almost taste that now. And That's a fun. Maybe we, maybe we should, we should call, the critic uh, comes and she like slips in one of her designer pizzas into and the guy loves it. Oh, yeah. And then and then Leona is like, well, you know. I'm about to retire anyway. Clearly, I don't know the ways of pizza anymore. Yeah, well, JoJo, I'm leaving the shop in good hands. Got a real ratatouille situation going on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like Leona's going to be angry and be like, "Why didn't you use our traditional recipe?" And uh, you oh, know, don't this. monkey with tradition. But it turns out it was a good idea of JoJo's to like, you know, uh, undermine the the, uh, the plan of serving this guy Mystic Pizza. And he he gives a glowing review. It saves the pizza place. Yeah. I Leona just love the sun-dried smoked clam white wine mix together. Leona says, you, you saved the restaurant. You clearly have a mind for pizza, Jojo. The, the, the shop is yours. Yep. Here are the keys. And the recipe. Zip, zap, zoom. And then Bill can catch all the fresh fish for her uh, for her seafood pizzas. He, he By the way, seafood pizza, as somebody who doesn't really eat seafood, just sounds especially gross. Yeah. Just I, little I bit really, cheese and fish. I really like our uh, white garlic shrimp pizza yeah. that we have at Jiminy Crickets. When I order it, I usually get it into a heart shape because I like to. Uh, I like to make. Wait, my... is that something you can request? That's something you can request at my pizza place. And uh, every time I order a pizza from my place, I get them to put the pizza in a heart shape, uh-huh. just because it's funny to make. Just because like, you're an asshole. Because I'm an asshole, and it's funny to make my coworkers do things like that. Mm. Is it a is it a heart shaped pan or do you is it free formed? No, you just you, you flap out the pizza and make it round, and then you just kind of like dip in the top with your finger and stretch out the bottom, so it looks like a heart. And then you throw it on in the oven. So it's just it's odd to make and odd to cut and I don't know. There's a there's a lot of great uh, pictures on the internet of uh, failed uh, Valentine's Day heart shaped pizzas. Yeah. yeah, because like I think Domino's has uh, they do heart shaped pizzas for Valentine's Day, but it's just like you know the people working at Domino's yeah. they're just like do this other thing. <laughs> they're like, like cut it yeah, yes, some kid from high school is just like I don't know, I don't know how to make a heart shaped pizza. <laughs> I think uh, this happened like last year or something or two years ago. Somebody wanted uh, a heart shaped pizza with uh, the word prom 
Like they were asking somebody to prom. <laughs> so they wanted a heart shaped pizza with prom written in pepperoni with a question mark at the end. Uh-huh. And like somebody was doing that and I was like I was like I was sitting there watching this guy do it like totally you're wrong. Like you're gonna run out of space there. Yep, yep. And I was just like I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm kind of an artist. I paint like pictures and stuff. Like I could do this right and, you know, not make us look totally awful, but uh, instead, I just sat there and watched and quietly laughed. This guy just like it did not look like prom at all. Like he put a, the question mark at the end was like okay, like it looked like a question mark, but it just kind of looked like he rewrote porn <laughs> <laughs> pepperoni. I was, I was like, good job, that looks great. Send it out. <laughs> porn send it out. Take a, pic- take a picture first. Send it out. That's a pretty lazy promposal, I have to say. Ugh, God, promposals. Yeah, I, I always want to hear like back from these people, but I guess we never do. Whether they, uh, I, I asked a girl to prom over AOL Instant Messenger. Like, I, yeah, it was well before the days of, of spelling out porn questions. I was like dating people like when I went to prom, so I just went with the person that I was dating. Okay, Mister like, Hotshot. Yeah, it that's, was like that's presumed. Pretty much what I did. I just kind of went with the girl that I was dating. I, I went I to the. Uh, I went to eight of my nine high school dances with the same girl, but the one I didn't go to, I asked the girl over AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. Mm. I uh, I asked out my like the the girl I was we weren't like boyfriend and girlfriend but I was you know I was dating the girl at the time so I asked her to the prom and then but it was like it was weird because the prom was in like two months and I didn't think we were going to like like this wasn't going to like we didn't like not like each other or anything but it wasn't going to last too long this little fling that we were having so mm. she said yes but we weren't dating for very long after that and so like we dated but she said yes enough, to the right? prom uh-huh. we uh-huh. stopped winking. dating yep yep I see you winking. We stopped dating, but then the problem was, like, in a month. So, like, she couldn't say, like, she couldn't change her answer or anything. And we did it nicely. Like, hey, do you still want to go to the prom, you know, even if we're not dating? And she was like, yeah, whatever. Don't worry about it. We stayed friends and stuff. But it was just weird, like, how, uh, I don't know, just how awkward that situation is of asking people to the prom. Yeah. Like you don't want to ask too early because what if? Well, now there's all there's all this promposal expectation, expect expectations, expectations. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get in early enough so that mm-hmm. a the the girl you want to take is available. Yeah, isn't and, taken by somebody else. And b four hundred other promposals haven't outdone your idea. You have to get in there early so the expectations aren't too high. See, not uh, only did I not have to ask a girl to prom, but I pretty much like during my entire high school career never asked anyone out. I was always the one asked out. Ooh, yeah. Well, I don't mean that as a brag. I wish I had, had more experience do? asking people out because now I have no idea what I'm doing. Casanova Holford over I, here. I, I, hey, I, I was really good looking in high school. I, I, I met a girl at a, a, a mixer the first week of high school. I asked for her phone number and got it, and then I pined over her for the rest of the four years of high school. Uh-huh. Mm. This is the girl that I went to seven of the eight dances with. Yeah. It really worked out well for everybody. She's married to somebody else and has a child. It's great. Hey, there you go. Now mm-hmm. she's somebody else's problem. That happens with those high school girlfriends. It really does. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but we probably shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> it just seems like asking for trouble. It really does. That's that's another podcast for another day, I guess. Mm-hmm. To depress the hell out of people. I had a really good idea for our next podcast. Uh, uh, it's a, a podcast about polygamy, or mm-hmm. no, no, uh, a podcast about polyamory. 
polyamory. <laughs> I kind of like presented it as a joke, but then I just kind of thought about it for a couple more minutes after that. And I was like, we can make this happen. Just like every episode we talk about like different aspects of polyamory. Because I started out, I was at work talking like I was telling my coworkers what polyamory is, uh-huh. and uh, because we you're have, having the talk, we were having the talk. Well, our one uh, this who are you trying to date? Yeah. <laughs> no, then no. This guy who works the grill line is uh, like he's going out with this girl who has a boyfriend, uh-huh. but he's kind of her boyfriend also. Like, and the two guys know about each other, but they hate each other. You know, mm. so like they can't be seen around each other, but they're both that sounds like a battery. They're both clearly like dating this girl, like dating, like they're both they're both her boyfriend. Like dating. So I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, Homeford's doing the uh, the the dick and the vagina symbol with his hand. Yeah, I'm still doing it. Uh-huh. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> but no, um, so I was telling this guy, I was making fun of him. I was like, so you're in like a polyamorous relationship. Oh yeah. And he was like, don't say that. And I was like, this he- guy, I was like, this guy's like your brother husband. He's, he's in a, a, a single amorous relationship. She's in a polyamorous yeah, relationship. Yeah, she would. Yeah, but oh, I, was, yeah. I was telling him he should just, you know, join forces with the other guy. They can both active, like, put it put it down on paper uh-huh. or something, sign a contract. They can both be her boyfriend, and then they can, like, work on projects together. See, I thought you stuff. were talking about something else when you said join forces. <laughs> <laughs> they can cross the streams. Yeah. And, uh, High five each other a lot. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what do you call that? The, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this was the Mystic Pizza Minute. Uh, thanks. No, but I, yeah, I was saying that... We're at like 37 minutes, they by should, the way. They should join forces, and this was the Mystic Pizza Minute. Thank you to Steve <laughs> Richardson for being our editor. And, like, they could work on projects together, like build decks <laughs> and, you know, really take care of this one girl together. I'm, re- and thank I'm really going to tell a lot of people about the first minute I was on and not this one. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Bungler for doing our um, music and... You know, like brother husbands, you know? Like they Steve, can... just fade out over, like, him going on, like, maybe 30 seconds ago about... No, like... but thank you for uh, coming back. Thank you for coming back, Jeff Martin. Uh, just a slow fade. Thank you for coming back to the polyamory minute. <laughs> no, thank this you. Is, I don't minute, know who that is. This was minute 36. <laughs> I'm not polyamorous. <laughs> <laughs> Go to credits. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>